I haven't arrived. I'm not super successful. I'm just real. Yeah. Welcome to the Beautiful Project Podcast. What's it going to take for you, like you said, to see me? How? I don't understand. A place for ordinary women sharing extraordinary truths. I am fat. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm so much, you know, I'm learning to tell myself that I am so much more. Let my hair grow out. I can wear the clothes I want to wear. I can eat what I want to eat. Who are waiting for you to be their witness. If I can do anything... I want to be able to inspire people to just be their best. Hi, I'm Terry Voina, and welcome to The Beautiful Project. As we've talked about before, I'm taking over the project for a short time from Sarah Stevens, and we're going to look at some some new avenues. And, you know, our hope with this project is that as I do this for however long I do, um, someone else will hear what we're talking about and want to do the same thing. So we want The Beautiful Project to really become a collective. Um when I was looking through my list of people that I wanted to talk to um, when I took over the beautiful project, number one on my list, my friend Marilee. Um, I have known Marilee for 20 years, I think. I think I met her when my wife was an undergrad at Wartburg. Um, and I wanted to talk to Marilee today about um, the difference between white women in body image and black women and body image, because I think there's something we really need to discuss there. So I'm also going to say, Marilee and I have known each other for a very long time. Um, so we talk like sisters. And if we offend anyone with what we say, we apologize. I am in no way trying to be offensive, but we talk to each other like family. Um, so with that, I will introduce Marilee. Hi, how are you? I am well, thank you. Good. We do talk like family because we are. Family. We are family, right? Right. So I'm really grateful for you to be for you to be here today and talk about this subject. Um, in in preparation for this, I was looking through some um, some studies on body image in Black women, and uh, this is going to make your head pop off. I read that only since about 2000 have they included Black women in studies on body image. And most of those studies contained less than 50 women. I'm guessing that's not surprising to you. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, I think that it's indicative of how uh, we, as a culture, kind of have not taken Black women seriously and included Black women in the female experience. Absolutely. Well, and the interesting thing to me was that in those studies, the, um, a lot of the questions are not questions that could be answered by black women because they're geared toward that more European Aryan white woman. And, you know, the questions about hair, the questions about body image were just aimed to those white women. Um, you know what, maybe start with Telling us like where you grew up, how you grew up, what your ex- like what your exposure to body image was as a black woman. Sure. And so first I want to say, you know, <laughs> um, I am not I don't intend to be the voice of black women. Oh, of course not. Um, I mean, you know, you could be, but, <laughs> you know, we're not we're, we're not, um, you know. We all have we have a, a variety of different experiences. Right. Um, I grew up in Davenport, Iowa. Um, that means 
a lot of things. <laughs> um, I am the youngest of uh, my mother's four children. I am also the only one who uh, was pretty sick all my life, right? So yeah. Even, even as a young woman when I wasn't necessarily um, heavy, I, I was just a, I was so thicker. Right. You know, that's what we call it now. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, my experience was that um, my body was open for everyone to comment on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the, it was a discussion point all the time, um, and you know, as long as I I had that small weight, everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Now that that meant that I was it was all right. Um, I think that. Um, as I grew up and, and had more exposure to um, other people, other, I grew up, of course, in Iowa, so right. lots of uh, white influence. We were not, um, I was always one of the only right. black girls in the class, right? The only black woman. Um, and it was always kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, it's okay for for me to have some booty. It's okay for me to have, you know, all of right. those things that we kind of um, attribute to black women. Yeah, out of curiosity. By the same token, oh, oh go sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, by the same token, um, my family was always like, you know, watch that girl. You know, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> It's kind of a, you live in, in two worlds. Right. Bit. Well, I'm wondering out of curiosity, did you hear like those comments on your body from men and women equally, or was it more one than the other? Um, <laughs> so, or, or how were they different? Uh, very different. I did hear comments on my body from men, and it was um, always. And these were even men in my family. Um, you know, it was desirable mm-hmm. to men. Um, and women, on the other hand, were like, okay, but keep that in check. Right. right? Like, um, it, it, it's kind of a weird experience. I don't know if this is the same for you. It's, I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. Um, about how it might have been different for for my um, white friends, but for me, it was very much my body was I was an object, you know. I right. Was, and it was I was a very desirable object from men, and women were like maybe ease up on those potatoes. <laughs> so like, um, yeah. Well, and I think as a white woman, I heard a very similar thing from women. Um, it was always like the worst thing you could be was fat. You know, that was just, you know, I I mean, I I think it would have been more desirable to be a serial killer. Um, and from men, like the white men I knew, like they wanted thin women and like you, even thin, I'm, I'm not tiny. Like, you know, at 140 pounds, I would be a 
size 14 because I have an ass and hips. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's, you know, we, we think in terms a lot of times in diet culture of weight and what's an ideal weight, but you know, like the, the BMI is first of all, so outdated. It was never included, you know, it was never intended to include, um, women at all and especially black women. Um, and it doesn't take into, it, it doesn't look at body size. You know, um, my wife is very thin, obviously, you know her well, she's always been very thin and she has no hips and no butt. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. her at 140 pounds is a size four. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think in third grade I was a size four cause I had an ass. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, you know, but yeah, I don't think nice. it was until I got to college when I met, you know, men outside my small town of 800 people that there were more men who were appreciative of a woman with curves. Oh, see, that was always part of my world. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I think that's what, that may be, um, gosh, there are so many <laughs> things that we could talk about. Right. Um, but I think for black women, um, young black women, we are sexualized very, very early. Yeah. Um, and I think that part of that has to do with our body. Generally, black women have hips and right. uh, we, we have, we are proportioned um, in a way that we have curves. Right. Um, yeah. That is. That's a general. I'm. I'm speaking very, very generally because you know. Right. Women, black women's bodies are are lots of things, but typically, um, when we think of black women, and and we could go into um, our diet and right. all of the other things that that are part of this, but. Um, yeah, we look like when I look at black girls, they look like women uh, much earlier, right? Than, yeah, than the white girls that I know. And, and I and I'll tell you from like a is, an outside perspective, like when I like my interpretation is a lot, and maybe this is just like a a media thing, and this isn't true within the black community, but it it always seemed to me that black women were more confident in their curves than white women. Like white women, I always thought uh, more apologized for taking up space. And maybe that's just a stereotype or maybe that's just the black women I know that suffer no fools and, and, you know, aren't going to apologize for taking up space. (laughs) Well, but I think that, I think that part of being black women is that because so much um, of the community is on your shoulders because there's so much, right. Um, that you are expected to do and be, you don't you don't have time to apologize. You you are um, correct. I think when we look at, for example, um, when we look at Lizzo versus right. Adele, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, we've got Lizzo who is basically like, look, this is this is what it is. Right. Um, this is who I am. And at the same time, has some very real struggles that she's also um, pretty open with. Right. And then we look at Adele, who, until she's, you know, shed weight, yep. not posting 
the pictures, not posting, you know, it's, it, it, they are very clear examples. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Adele was celebrated for losing that weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was right. like, it was a great thing where I think if Lizzo did the same thing, like it would be like, I think people would feel like they had, yeah, that they had betrayed us, you know, or betrayed her that, you know, Hey, you know, this is, this is one of the reasons we love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I think there's also a difference in the way that, um, as black women, you're like, look, I, I have to rock what I have right now. Right. You know, we're so taken for granted. Um, by the world that I think that's one of the reasons that you that you are uh, seeing that difference of how we right. move through the world, right? Right. Um, we know that no one is going to um, make time for us to be apologetic. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that's very true. I've, I've definitely had that experience with white girlfriends who are always talking about diet and always talking about, oh, I need to do this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, frequently, even though I think about um, my weight and I think about changes that I need to make for my health, right? I generally am like, look, this is the body that I'm in. Yeah. This is what I have at this moment. And either you love and accept all of this mm-hmm. or you're not part of my world. That's right. <laughs> I think that's just how we have to move as black women. We don't have time. Um, right. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that. health because I think like, you know, it's like a very common, a commonly known thing that, you know, uh, black women are more at risk for diabetes and, and heart disease and things like that. But white women are at great risk too. It's just, we don't, you know, we don't think about it um, mm-hmm. because it's that whole like, you know, well, you know, that black woman that she is heavy. She probably is diabetic. She's probably this. She's probably fat because she gets welfare and she's eating McDonald's. You know, it's that whole mm-hmm. that, whole, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I start thinking about it, I'm like, all of this is wrapped up in in your body image. Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. of the time you said to me, um <clears throat> When I, your mom was in the hospital and I came to see you and, and you were dressed like you were going to a very important business meeting. And, you know, you said to me later, I knew that I had to be dressed like that to be taken seriously. And Mm -hmm. I showed up in like cut off jean shorts and a t-shirt that said cheers queers. And, (laughs) and they were taking me seriously and not you. Mm -hmm. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, what? world are we living in you know and it's not like i'm i'm blind to racism and things like that but i was so like taken aback by that um i mean there were lots of other factors in that in that particular um incident but i i i've always thought about that like when you said to me i had to be dressed like this to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. and not even at the hospital but on the air you know on the airplane, exactly. in the airport, all of those places that you had to think about that, that I would, you know, I could have shown up in pajama pants and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different world. Right. And, right. and when you add to that, that I am a 
larger black woman. Yeah. Right. There are lots of things that I, that I have to, um, that I have to think about. Right. When I am moving through spaces. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons that I, I can't be, um, I can't be small right. uh, in my presence, right? It's, is that I am a generously sized black woman. And to a lot of people, that means that I'm going to come in, right? Uh, napping my gum and, <laughs> and, you know, all of the things right. uh, that the sidekick larger black woman does in the movies that's that's what they expect so I always have to keep that into account and I always have to think okay how do I shift this right because I need for people to take it in a situation like that where I'm dealing with being someone's advocate for their health when I go to work um people at work often comment on Oh, oh God, your closet must be amazing because I have to, I can't come to work in jeans and a sweatshirt and have people take me seriously. Well, and it seems like you have to like balance, you're right. And you have to balance that, um, between being taken seriously and not becoming, not being thought of as the angry black woman. Like, are you going to be the, the gum-smacking sidekick, or is she going to be the angry black woman? Like, which one are we going to get? It makes me wonder, yep. like, when I see, like, like creators like, um, oh, what's his name? Tyler Perry, who mm-hmm. creates a character like Medea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. first of all, I've never really found those funny. But I often wonder, like, how do women in the black community view that? Because it's not complimentary. And it it makes me, you know, I think it just like kind of belabors that stereotype of, you know, big mama and the anger and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But as I sit here thinking about it, I'm trying to think of like um, a role I've seen recently in a movie with a like a a black woman who who didn't fit into one one of those stereotypes. Um, Mm -hmm. All I can think of right now is um, Angela Bassett in. in, oh, what's the one with Whitney Houston? Um, Whitney Houston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, she burns his car. and She burns know. his car. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's, who, that's who we're seen as. Right. And, and I think um, it is changing a little bit, you know, with some of the things that Shonda Rhimes has done. Right, yeah. I think are, you know, tapping into... Um, black women as other things than that yeah. but you're right um when you think about any and black people love media right yeah um there are funny parts of it there are parts that and i've always felt this way about characters like that yeah um <laughs> i'm i'm so tired of that being uh what i'm seen as right I fight that all the time, and especially growing up in Iowa. My lord, yeah. When <laughs> you know, I met your wife at Wartburg. Um, for those that don't know, Wartburg is a tiny little Lutheran college in 
um, wavering the Iowa. And I'm, I'm guessing you I were under the, one of under 10 black people there? Oh, oh my gosh. When I started there, so few. Yeah. So few. Um, I, I was the first black person to graduate from the music department. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. 90, in the 90s. Like, what What on earth is That's happening crazy. here? Yeah. Um, so I go there, and I'm the first black person that a lot of these people have seen. Right. Not on a television. <laughs> you know, so when you talk about what you have to think of what I have to think about right. all the time as a as a big black woman. They're expecting me to be all of the everything that they see on TV. Right. They're expecting me to be You're the, the chick from from Bats. I don't know if you saw yeah. that movie with yeah. Halle Berry it was a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, that's what they're expecting, right? Yeah. Or or like um, Jack A. Harry's character from almost anything yeah. she's been in. Yeah, sassy and exactly. black, and yeah, yeah. Um, and so when you're a black woman, that's what you're always. You know, for skinny black women, I think it's also different, right? They get to be the sexual object to to white men, right? They get to be. Um, the Holly Berry, right? <laughs> in the like, you know, like, these black women are, are just committed to that. You know, um, that's that's very much what my growing up was like. Okay. Well, and I think about I read um, recently something from um, uh, Lavia Jaye. And who's a very thin, small black woman. And, and she said a lot of the things that you've said, but from her perspective as a small black woman about not being taken seriously about, you know, um, you know, everyone thinking when she does speak up, people saying, oh, my God, I didn't like know you had it in you. And, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. you know, things like, you know, your your butt size isn't proportional to your your ability to speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think mm-hmm. even for white women, like that's a, that's a weird, um, we, it's a weird way of thinking for, for me as somebody who's always been in a bigger body. Like I, you know, I've been told my entire life that, you know, it, once you're thin, you're happy. And, you know, I have friends who are very thin and, and very small and always have been. And they're like, I don't know who told you that. And I'm like, <laughs> literally everyone is saying it like, <laughs> like, People are making billions yeah. on the f- that they're selling that when you're thin, you're happy. That's how they make yeah. billions of dollars. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, honestly, like, you know, I had thought about, about the differences in race and how it, how it affects us. But until I started reading some of these things, I was just like this, like the body image of American wom- women is so based in racism and so based mm-hmm. in these outdated like ideas about pretty much everything. Um, you know, I mean, even think of like the commercials that you see on television, they're not aimed at black women, you know, shampoos and every, they're sold to white women. They're not sold to black women with, with different hair than white women. I mean, it's just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I, and you know, you grew up in Iowa, so you weren't, 
you know, you weren't seeing a lot of black people, but it also makes me think like, what does that do to little girls who grow up in, in a culture that is so dominated by, you know, white is beauty. Like, you know, as a white woman, I grew up with thin is beauty and you're growing up with white is beauty. I, I can't even imagine how difficult that had to be. Well, and so when we talk about how, um, about how black women don't do the same uh, thing with diet culture that yeah. white women do, I mean, I think that's part of it, right? Right. We're spending so much time telling our little girls that um, who they are is beautiful. We don't have, we don't get immersed so much in that. I, I have never in my life, um, when you just said, Ben is happy, mm-hmm. I don't think that that was ever a message. That's good. You know, I don't, that wasn't ever a message. I, I did hear Ben is healthy right. a lot. Um, and it, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the health issues with right. black women. But I I never grew up with thin as happy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, I remember being told like, if you're not thin, you won't get married, you won't have children, you won't, you won't mm. anything. Like that was like the ultimate. It wasn't, um, you know, go to college. It was be thin, find someone to marry, and then you'll be happy. Um, you know, which I should have noticed that even the thin women around me were not happy. So, um, right. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but you know, at 15, I wasn't really <laughs> like analyzing that. Now I look back and I'm like, man, you bitches were liars. <laughs> Cause I am fat and happy. Like, <laughs> but you know, even now, like I see it, you know, I have a, well, you know, cause he's your nephew. I have a son. Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, he's seven. So he's kind of at that age where he's got that little belly. And yep. I've heard people say things to him and I'm like, he is seven. And mm-hmm. he's a little okay. boy. Uh, like, <laughs> I need to know who said what because I will fight a bit. <laughs> That's what I love about you. <laughs> Leave my boy alone. I know. Um, but yes, I yeah, it's just, I think this obsession that we have, and it is an obsession. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at how much money. Oh, my God. So much money. Into all of these things. And I'm not immune. You oh, know? no. Like, I just, I just bought athletic greens because, you know, it's going to make my, it's going to fix all the holes in my diet. Right. Right. Well, and I think it's almost become Uh, a point where like the anti-diet movement has become this moneymaker as well. Like, you know, now you're seeing it from both sides. So does the money corrupt the message? You know, Mm. I mean, like think of all the things, you know, you go on on Instagram and I follow a lot of anti-diet creators and like the all the commercials, all the ads I'm seeing are aimed towards me, anti-diet stuff, but they're making bank on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the clothing for, for curvy women yep. um, is a huge thing right now, right? We've got all of these 
you know, all these things that make can can make you still look snatched. Right. The, am I am I up on my lingo? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm as old as you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I boy, when you follow the money through all of these things, yeah. and that's one thing that I I guess I feel like um, black women have gotten right over over time is um you know you move through the world as you are. It doesn't mean that you're not uh, that you're not trying to improve yourself. Right. It doesn't mean that you're not but who I am right now is who I am right now. Yeah. And I love that person. Me too. And some days I think Oh, she could be better. But there's never a day. This is a difference between my young self and my older self. Right. There's never a day, you know, when I look at myself and I think, if only, you know. Right. Because it's, that's, if only, is it get you through today? tomorrow. Right. You know, it, it's only as a that's fantasy world. Right. I, I live in where I am right now. And yeah. Also, one of the things I think um, and this I've learned from the black women in my life um, you need to find the thing that drive your life mm-hmm. and invest yourself and focus on those things. Right. All of the all of the black women that I know who have um, who have wisdom um, and have taught me things have taught me about my contentedness cannot come from the outside. Right. My contentedness has to come from the inside. Um what a great lesson. It's an amazing lesson. Yeah. It's an amazing lesson. And I'm telling you, I'm, that doesn't happen with white women. They don't they don't hear that. That's a shame. Yeah. I, I think well, and I will say I hear that because I keep my ears open for right. it, right? You have to listen to the witness of also, the women who have traveled the road before you. Right. Right. There are some black women who are chasing a lot of things, but that has nothing to do with contentedness. Right. I've been fortunate that I have had uh, some very wise black women who have, have said to me, and I have listened to them, that nothing on the outside, no husband, no job, no house, no kids will make me content if I haven't done the work myself. Right. Yeah. And I will say, since I've learned that lesson, I have a husband and a home and a job that I am that that are part of my life's happiness. Right. right? Um, but I had to I had to learn that lesson yeah, absolutely. To elders. Yeah. 
Yeah. God, what a great lesson. Seriously. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting here thinking, God, I wish somebody would have said that to me at, you know, 20, um, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it took me a while to learn it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you learn the hard way like I do. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. I gotta, it, it takes I us a little longer. <laughs> and, and, you know, God forbid we admit someone else was right. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I know. Of course we're always right. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure my wife and my child would disagree with you, but yeah. 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 I'm sure they would be ruined. So tell me, oh, is no. there, right, is there anything that I'm missing? Anything that, that, you know, that you, that you grew up with or you've experienced that I am missing because I'm a white woman and I don't know what I'm talking about? Ooh. Um, I know well, you love that. I mean, probably we're missing the joy of green sweet potatoes. Oh. Um, all of the things that <laughs> you know I'm not missing you know, the joy of green sweet potatoes I know you're not, I know you're not now <laughs> uh, as a child <laughs> yes I completely agree with you I missed all of those things yeah I mean I think that was a that was also a thing you know <laughs> I was never going to be sixteen, right because uh, the women in my world cooked and right. they cooked well and you were supposed to enjoy that. Yeah. I, I love what I always love what I see, like, and I don't think it's a stereotype, but the way that that black women love the food they make, that they, you know, it's like and it's the way I've always thought about food, like me making you food is is my way of showing you that I love you. Yeah. And I that is not so a you better eat that food. And love right. It. And that is not a white thing. Like that is not a, you know, food is, you know, if you eat too much, somebody's going to say something. It's not to be enjoyed. It's not. I mean, I remember um, there's a restaurant here in the Quad Cities, um, Bayside Bistro, and I've told you about it several times. Mm-hmm. And um, the woman that owns the place makes red beans and rice that are better than anything I've even had in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ate there, she stood at the table and she said, I want to watch you eat them. And I was like, <laughs> and she loved it. And I loved it. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, they were so good. But she was so, like, it brought her joy to see me love that food. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. that's not something you see from a lot of white women. I know, I know that to be the, the case from spending time with my white friends as a, as a young woman yeah. in college. I, I know that's why I said it. Cause I, I, it's a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Holidays at holidays, funerals, whatever, birthdays, um, with that people. And nobody is talking about, you know what? It's, it's, it is a,
that was very different from the experience of going home for Christmas with my friends in college. Yeah. Very different. Well, and I think, like, Um, I can't think of, I, I mean, even, like, holidays and stuff, like, it's just dinner. That's just, you know, that's just what we do, where I have had dinners with black chefs and and black people where every single meal is, you know, I, I've never gone out to lunch or had dinner with you where you were like, oh, I should really get the salad. Like you see something on the menu and you go, oh, that looks good. Like that, that's what I want to taste. And, you know, that's how I eat. Like if I'm going out for lunch with somebody, I'm not going to go and count calories. Like I'm going to enjoy the food that I want to enjoy. And you know, I've always seen you do that. I've always seen several of my friends do that, but that is not a white thing. That is like, you're supposed to be embarrassed that you ordered dessert or, you know, you had the, you know, the, the chicken, the hot chicken instead of the Caesar salad, you know, things like that. And like, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, like, I'm not going to apologize for loving food. Like, I don't want to, one of the reasons I never did the, the gastric bypass was like, I love food and I love good food. And, you know, I don't want to live on a protein shake for the rest of my life. I want to eat lasagna and I want to eat sweet potatoes and I want to eat things that make me happy. And I just like, I think we have this weird this weird relationship with food that I don't get. Like, I feel like I should be at your table because every meal should be a celebration. Like, this is good. Why are we not excited that this is good, that this makes us happy? Yeah, I've had this conversation with my husband before um, because, you know, even though I uh, love myself and appreciate the person that I am, um, you know, I'm not immune to, well, for one thing, for me, um, I sometimes am like, you know, I know when I'm carrying a weight that is not comfortable on right. my body. Right? So when I have that discomfort, I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta course correct because right. my body is not, my body's not liking this, right? Um, but I've had conversations with my husband, and we are having a particularly good meal, um, and I'm like, this is. You and I both married like the. I will, oh yeah. Yeah, we married like the whitest people on the planet who are just like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm like, what do you mean it's fine? Like, did you taste it? You <laughs> are correct. Our our culinary talents are very wasted on our spouses. Like, uh, you know, okay, yeah. you enjoy it. 
that's what you do. You know? Right. Well, we're e- it's more like we're just eating because that's what we're, you know, it's mealtime. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. Don't you love this? <laughs> like, aren't you excited about this? Like, aren't you excited? You know, honestly, I'm going to say that's one of the things that I knew that, that, that we could be a thing, that my husband and I could be a thing. Yeah. Right? Because we would have meals. And I would get excited about the lobster mac and cheese or right. whatever, and he and it tickled him. Yeah, and that's when I was like, okay, <laughs> right, I can hang around. Right, right? he there wasn't judge. He wasn't judging. Yeah, um, that he just he found it amazing that I right. was, that I had so much joy uh, from <laughs> from lobster mac and cheese or I mean. from. You know, whatever, whatever thing right. it was that I just thought was delicious. Um, he was tickled by it, and so that to me was like, okay, um, this is a, this is a guy that's not side eyeing me while I'm, you know, I don't have to make myself small for him. Right. Uh, he, he he can he can hang around. For right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you decided <laughs> to keep him. <laughs> he probably is too. He's a pretty good guy. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you said yes to me today. Um, I I think this I don't is... know that we stayed on topic, but well, I think we, we, we did time. okay. We had a good time. <laughs> um, I I think this is an important topic because I think you know um, one of the things I read is like you're we're starting to see more eating disorders among young black women um, mm-hmm. because I think that that you know, that whole white ideal of thin certainly isn't lost on them. I'm, I, you know, they hear it and they're seeing it. Um, and so I'm so grateful for women like you who say, Hey, you don't have to shrink yourself. Like, you know, recognize, recognize the, your culture and the way you grew up and, and, you know, you don't have to shrink yourself. You don't have to, to be less than, um, I mean, I think that's important for all young women, but um, I don't think it gets said enough. Um, and, you know, yeah, I... taking somebody else is beautiful. Yeah. 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 Well, I am very, very grateful for this conversation, and you know that I love you. Um, and I, if there's anything you think of that we should add to this, you know, let me know, and we can always do that. And if anyone has ideas about what they want to hear from the beautiful project as we go forward, we would love to hear them. You can um, see us on our Facebook page and and send those ideas. And otherwise, we will be back as soon as we can with with some new discussions and and different topics and all of the things. And um, again, I'm so grateful to to Sarah Stevens for this opportunity and. As we move forward with the beautiful project, I hope that when you're listening, you're thinking of either yourself or someone else who wants to move into this and, and, you know, build this collective of voices and stories. And, um, I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for being willing to be a witness to these women and to their stories. If you loved today's episode, be sure to subscribe and write a review. And most importantly, invite the women you know to join this chorus of courage and help us make a world where everybody belongs. I'll see you all soon.